Oh, yeah. That is Do It Anyway by Ben Folds 5, which happens to be one of the favorite jams of our special guest today, who you'll meet shortly. So, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Adoption Show, where we're going to dive into key topics shaping the modern workplace and technology's role in fostering positive digital experiences. It's always a good time on this podcast. So let's get started. Coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts, I'm biased, but it is the greatest city in the world. I am your host <laughs> of the episode, Nick Redder. I've been working in the digital adoption space for four years now, and I've been fortunate to have worked with dozens of organizations that have created better digital experiences for their employees and clients. Today, we have a real treat. I'm really excited to host Kerry Rivers from Boston Scientific. Kerry's a senior manager for Boston Scientific's global post-market quality team, Welcome to the show, Carrie, and happy August 1st. Yeah, August 1st. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Yes, me too, very much. So to start out with, why don't you let our listeners know a little bit about yourself, your role, and what you and your team has been working on at Boston Scientific in 2023? Yeah, definitely. Like you mentioned, I work for Boston Scientific, or BSC, as we would call it, in our post-market quality organization. I'm responsible for our global complaint handling system and the team that supports that application. I've been at BSC for about 18 years, so I have a lot of experience in optimizing processes and improving quality in the medical device industry. I have a degree from Hamlin University in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I would argue that Minneapolis, Minnesota is the best city in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm also currently working on a grad program in organizational leadership from Gonzaga University in Spokane, Washington. So I'll have some extra free time once I'm finally done with grad school. (laughs) But what I love most about working at BSC is that I'm able to contribute to the mission of our company, which is to transform lives through innovative medical solutions that improve the health of patients around the world. Actually, over 35 million patients treated each year with more than 16,000 different products. So that's super fantastic. This year, my team has been focused on driving efficiency and improving the quality of our complaint handling process through digital adoption. So that's been a great journey, and I'm super excited to talk about it today. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know about your graduate degree. That's so yeah. exciting. And go Zags. Um, yeah, go Zags. Exactly. Wow. So you're, you're a, you have multiple kids working and getting a graduate degree. Hopefully you're getting some sleep. That's great. So, you know, you can, you can sleep when you're dead. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's funny, you mentioned 33 million patients. So in November, yeah. 2021, I had a successful endoscopy with a Boston Scientific instrument. So it's funny. Yeah. So all of our listeners and people out there, they probably don't know, but them or their relatives have probably been exposed to Boston Scientific in some capacity. Usually when you're going to get a medical procedure, you don't like check who produces the equipment. It's all there. So your reach is fascinating with your company. And I will add, it is Boston Scientific, not Minnesota Scientific. So, <laughs> we can cool. continue this argument later. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, let's talk about your experience with digital adoption. For those who are new to the podcast, let's take a minute to define what digital adoption is, because there's a lot of different definitions out there. I'll provide mine first. So it's basically technology that enables users to accomplish what they want in their moment of need. The key phrase there is moment of need. Everyone can understand the feeling of anxiety in their personal and professional life when they're stuck in an application and can't accomplish what they want to do. 
So two brief examples. So I've seen state governments, for example, during COVID using digital adoption technology for their contact tracing efforts. So the way it would work here in Massachusetts, they placed ads for contact tracers to go and check and try to figure out where people were exposed to COVID uh, to try to save lives. They were using Salesforce and the contract tracers were about, you know, senior citizen type age. And the goal is to save lives and make calls. So I saw digital adoption placed on top of Salesforce. So somebody who's in their 60s or 70s doesn't have to spend time learning or onboarding. Everything is automated and ready, and they can just focus on doing their jobs. That's a great example there. Another one is- Yeah, that's an amazing example. Yeah, yeah no, hopefully we never have COVID again, but I'm glad that technology played a role and hopefully- preventing some people from getting sick, right? Mm -hmm. Another example is HR technology. So a lot of companies I've seen use old antiquated HR systems, and then they'll end up choosing like a workday or success factors. Now, a lot of the times I only go in workday or success factors two or three times a year, but the processes that are in those applications are so critical, so critical, such as benefit elections, choosing or updating beneficiaries, annual reviews. So I've also seen people be able to seamlessly accomplish very important tasks in applications such as HR, where maybe they're not in the app every day, but what they're doing in the app is so critical. So that's my definition. I'd love to hear yours, Carrie. Yeah. So I would define digital adoption as a technology that removes barriers between users and their ability to be productive and efficient. I think it helps to make processes more intuitive, and it allows users to leverage an application to its full potential. And I think a, that a key component of digital adoption, as you said, is meeting users right where they are, giving them the tools they need, right when they need them, and right where they need them. So they don't have to go someplace else. They don't have to go find the tool. It's just there, available for them exactly when they need it. Yeah, very, very good definition. Now, now let's get into the fun stuff, because... We all know most of the thought leadership out there about digital adoption is about how do you establish a center of excellence? And that's when you have digital adoption driving many processes and many applications. But the reality is the majority of our listeners, the majority of people, because this is an emerging technology, have no idea where to start or how to get it done. And a center of excellence is something that takes years to build. So about a year and a half ago, you decided to take the leap and do your first digital adoption implementation. I would first like to see what was it about your current state that prompted you to evaluate digital adoption technology? Yeah. So like I mentioned earlier, BSC has more than 16,000 products and we're operating in over 130 countries around the world, all with their own different laws and regulations. Our processes are really broad in their scope. And sometimes the regulations that we need to comply with can be complex. So there's a lot for users to remember and they do a fantastic job. Quality is incredibly important to us at BSC, but we wanted a way to provide our users with all the information that they need right from within our system, as opposed to having them have to navigate to a different system to find a work instruction or process guidance that they need. And we also wanted a way to help users avoid rework by flagging issues real time so that they could be caught and corrected as a part of the process rather than after the fact. And that's what really drove us to start looking at digital adoption. So as we looked at the different capabilities of different digital adoption tools, we felt strongly that we could decrease time to productivity. We could decrease the need for support tickets. We could simplify our users' experience. We could improve quality and efficiency. 
and we could increase user satisfaction with digital adoption. That's great. That's really helpful and good to understand. And now that it's been 18 months, curious to see kind of how it ended up in terms of where you are right now. What outcomes have you been able to drive and how are you measuring success? And before you answer, that's really important. I think with CIOs and leaders, CTOs, understanding the value of software investment seems to be really, really hard. So I'm thrilled to see how you communicate value to your stakeholders and, and friends and colleagues at Boston Scientific. Yeah, sure. So we've been live, like you said, for just about a year now. We've already seen several benefits, which is really exciting. This is like the fun part, right? Where we did all the work and now we're starting to, to see the benefits of it. So we measure success in both quantitative and qualitative ways. And there's really user-friendly analytics tools available in WhatFix that have helped us to measure efficiency gains, such as time saved in performing different processes, or time saved by eliminating rework and support tickets, as I mentioned. As one example, we're able to measure the level of user engagement with the self-help menu that we developed within our system. So we can see when users perform a search to access a work instruction or read an article that we've written about a process, rather than them having to leave the system to get that information. And we can calculate time saved, and it's quite significant. So we also look at quality improvements as a result of help tips or validation tips that we've built and made available to users. And we've seen some great reductions in error rates. This helps to remove the need for additional review and rework at a later time. So in those examples, you know, we have processes established to identify and correct errors. But what we really want to do is prevent the error from occurring in the first place. It's dramatically more efficient. We've also measured success based on the enthusiasm of our user community. So, and this one's, this is really fun. So we hear a lot of positive feedback from users about how digital adoption makes their work easier, makes it simpler. One really fun thing that we did was to create a persona for our digital adoption tool. It's a cute little robot and their name is Nimble. We, they have a personality and we try to consistently develop some playful and engaging images and messaging with Nimble to really build a connection with our users and drive engagement. And we feel like that's been really successful. We love Nimble, so. That sounds amazing. That's awesome. It's great to hear that there are positive robots out there. I rewatched on Netflix Terminator 2 the other night. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> robots ending the world. So maybe I'm yeah. a little annoyed. So maybe Nimble can join the human side and save us. But that's such a creative, interesting way to get people engaged. Yeah. So cool. So interesting to learn about. In terms of like quantitative data, how do you, how do you all figure that out in terms of benefits of technology, specifically digital adoption? Yeah, so a great one is time savings, right? So quantitative data, we understand how long it takes to perform a specific process. If a user needs to go and use a work instruction to walk them through the steps for how to do it, or let's assume they get stuck at a certain point and they, they need to perform a part of the process and they just don't remember how to do it or they don't know what this field means, right? So we can, we can estimate, we can quantify the time in that. And then we can compare that to when we have digital adoption in place and the user right on their screen, if they need their work instruction, they can just do a self-help and quickly look that up. Or let's say we put an eye icon by a field and they can click on it and it opens up a window that says, 
here's what this field means. Here's how you use this field. Here's the information that should go in this field. It's point in time. It's immediately available to them. They don't need to do any searching. It takes a second or milliseconds, right, to get access to the information. And we can compare that time difference and see a real savings in terms of the time it's taking users to do their process. Um, and also it's lessening frustration for users. So it's frustrating to be in the middle of a process and get stuck, not know what to do next. But if we can give you that information right there, we're, we're eliminating or drastically reducing the frustration in performing that work. That's fantastic. I mean, I've worked with dozens of use cases in the last four years. And the fact that you're able to convey value in just 18 months is is extremely advanced to where a lot of companies are in conveying the value of their software investments, including digital adoption. So that's really, really cool stuff. So kind of moving on a bit, I want to talk a little bit about your team and how you manage these projects and make it successful. You have a fantastic team. You all seem to work well yes. together and enjoy each other's company. I love it. Everybody loves talking with you. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, digital adoption, it's very user-friendly. However, I think the word ease of use is overused in the software world. You know, so digital adoption is not a set it or forget it scenario. Would love to hear, how did you staff this project? And then also hear some of the work your staff did to make it successful. Yeah, definitely. First, I'm going to start by saying kudos to my team. I have an amazing team. They're so wonderful. They're so smart. They're so conscientious and, and really care about our users. So love, love, love my team. Hi, Wylan, Lex, and Sarka. You guys are amazing. So I love, I point, love that you get them a, gave them a shout out on the podcast. I love yeah, <laughs> they, they deserve so much credit. So, so much credit. So to your point, it's definitely not set it and forget it, right? Absolutely not. A great sustaining process is a key ingredient for success. So what we did was we developed a small team of dedicated individuals to be the administrators of the tool. They are subject matter experts in both our system and our process. And when we began this journey, we spent a couple of months learning how to use the tool with, with the help of WhatFix and the great trainers there. And the tool is incredibly user-friendly, as you said, it's no code, but there are so many features to take advantage of. And what we wanted was to make sure that we understood all of those features and that we had the ability to leverage the full capability of digital adoption. So what we found is that this pre-work helped us better understand how we could develop content in a streamlined way to best support our user community. We also established a well-defined maintenance process and a methodology for both documenting and tracking our content and also scaling up to continuously develop and deliver new content. So it's not a one-time thing, right? You start with a package of content that you go live with, but that's not it. It's constantly developing new content, supporting process changes, figuring out where users need more help. Um, so there's really a sustaining component to this. And because we have a dedicated team, we've been able to spend a good amount of time evaluating our users' behaviors in the system and responding to that. So modifying our existing content or developing new content that's targeted to specific user groups or specific user needs. And having that skilled team in place and making that initial investment really helped us to deliver a high degree of value with our implementation. That's fantastic. And it's interesting because in the last number of years, digital adoption is a rising profession. 
If you go on LinkedIn and look for jobs with the title digital adoption, it's ridiculously higher amount of jobs now than there was two years ago. So hopefully your staff, yourself, it's great to have new skills to kind of grow and learn something that's going to be really, really big one day and be an early adopter. So that's really, really cool how you did that. Thank you for sharing. And I know there's a lot of listeners out there that are considering taking the plunge with digital adoption, but they've never done it before. Most people have not done it before. So, I mean, according to, you know, Gartner and Forrester, organizations are going to invest more and more and more over the next five years. Mm -hmm. So as an early adopter, what advice would you give to someone who's just about to start their first digital adoption project? Yeah. Well, I'll say it's fun being an early adopter, right? There's figuring that stuff out. It's been fun for us. It's neat to look back over the last year and a half. And we have learned so much. Knowing what I know now, I would first and foremost encourage anyone who's looking to start a digital adoption project to develop a skilled and dedicated team before they start. So this is going to be, this is going to be really key. This was a lesson that Forrester called out in a recent report about digital adoption implementation. And we've certainly found this to be true as well. It's really important to know your system, to know your processes, and most importantly, to know your users. And so having the right team and investing that upfront time um, in knowing those key components and learning how to use your tool will really position you for a smooth implementation. I would also say that it's important to be flexible and adaptable as you develop and implement your content. As you know, Nick, we've had a lot of surprises along the way. (laughs) Some good, some challenging. (laughs) There were times that we thought that a particular piece of content was going to be really well-loved and users ended up hating it. There were times where we released a piece of content and what we had envisioned and tested just didn't end up working well in reality. And all of these opportunities were fantastic learning opportunities for us. And we have grown and our content and ability to support our digital adoption and our system has improved over time because of this. So flexibility, adaptability, really important. Be open to change your approach when you learn something new. Nothing that you deploy is set in stone. We have the ability to tweak things, change them, remove them, develop new things. So adaptability is really important. Also creativity, be creative. The creativity in our implementation has really helped us solve some difficult problems. And I think you've seen that, right? We've talked about some of the challenges we faced with with our native application and how do we how can we support our users here? What And we've had to think outside the box, which, you know, cliche term, whatever, but, but, you know, really being creative with how you, how you solution something will help you. There's always multiple ways to achieve things, play around until you find the way that works best for your system and your users. And lastly, engage with your user community. So actively seek their input and their feedback. They have great ideas and often they know best what will meet their needs. Um, We've worked really hard to do that. We solicit feedback from our users in multiple different ways. We have a feedback form. We have office hours that we have with them. We take ideas via email. So lots of different ways that we solicit feedback and ideas from our community. And because of that, our users have come to trust that we're going to take that feedback seriously because we've worked really hard to consistently respond to their needs. I love that. And the thing that stands out to me the most about that is the adaptability. We all get excited to build that first piece of content, that flow, automation, perhaps. (laughs) And a lot of the times it's just not going to work. So I think the most successful implementations 
are not based on, you know, the technology. They're based on the attitude of the people driving it. And they know that things might be a little bit different from a building perspective and content perspective in a week or two than they were at the current time. So definitely like the theme of expect the unexpected with that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Love the collaboration. I feel like a lot of people don't survey their users enough. They just kind of build content and hope it works. But I mean, you're really reducing the risk of inefficient or bad content because you're connecting with the users, which is something, which is kind of like a role model in terms of DAP. And I wish more people would take advantage of that. It's really, really awesome. Really great to share. Thanks. Um, so I do have a question about chat GPT, but before ah. you wrap up, I just wanted to see if there's anything else you'd want to mention to our listeners about digital adoption, your journey, anything personal, whatever you'd like. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would just share that, you know, digital adoption has exceeded our expectations over the last year. And there is still so much future opportunity for growth, which is really exciting. It's been very rewarding for us to see the positive impacts of digital adoptions within our teams. And because, like you said, DAP as a technology is still in its infancy, new features and capabilities keep being developed, which is creating an incredible amount of potential for the future. Um, We're always, you know, as we go on what fix communities and submit our ideas and read ideas that people from other organizations have about how, what DAP could do. And as your team picks those up and develops things, it's it's really exciting to see for us. We're having a lot of fun with it uh, while also driving a ton of value. That's great. That's fantastic. Well, you certainly have a lot of value to add to the DAP community. And I know there's going to be a lot of people that want to talk to you after hearing this. And <laughs> despite you being super busy with everything, we appreciate how collaborative you are and being able to share this with our listeners. Happy to be here today. I, I love talking about this and really appreciate you know your collaboration and partnership through this process for us as well. It's been fantastic. Oh, likewise. All right. So now let's keep it a little bit light as we wrap up here. So I love asking people how they're using ChatGPT, whether it's for entertainment, personal use, or business. And I want to hear mm-hmm. your thoughts on it. So for me, Carrie, I don't know if I ever told you this, but as a little boy, I was not very tall, wasn't super athletic. I wanted to be either an NBA basketball player or a rapper <laughs> and just did not have the skill set for it. So for me, I have yet to use it as strategically as I would like, but I've been having a lot of fun with it. So for example... I asked ChatGPT, please make a rap song as if it was performed by Snoop Dogg about the benefits of digital adoption technology. (laughs) And right here on the podcast is going to be my rap debut. I'll read a few things from it, okay? Digital technology, it's a game changer. With what fix in the mix, it's like a moneymaker. From the employees to the bosses, it's a smoother ride, guiding users through software like a righteous guide. Boom. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for bearing with me through that. I just fulfilled a bullet fantasy by actually being able to rap. So tell me. Career career switch in the future, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, my gosh. Watch out, Snoop. (laughs) Imagine that, a guy in his 40s changing from technology to hip hop. That would be quite the pivot. (laughs) So I'm curious, how have you used ChatGPT in your personal and professional life? Yeah, it's hilarious. I have all these Instagram reels about all the different things that chat GPT can do. And I have all these reels saved to come back to later. I think it's so interesting and so cool. One thing I did recently with chat GPT is used it to help me plan a vacation. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was really fun. Just, just being like plan a seven day trip 
for me in this city. These are the things that we like to do. It needs to be between. Good question. Sorry to interrupt. Did you do that through the TripAdvisor integration or just in chat GPT directly? Just in chat GPT. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, being like, oh, I have kids. These are the age. Uh, find things for them to do. Here's the kind of food we like to eat. And then just like tweaking it based on what the results are and what, what we want to see. And that was so useful. It actually saved me a ton of time in doing like all this research that I would normally do for a vacation and also really fun to do. So that was a really cool thing. But just like you, I I want to really be able to spend more time and see like, like how can we leverage this to to do like meaningful things at work or or in other areas of your life? Like how can this help us in the future? It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I mean, to me, it feels like almost like when the internet exploded or iPhones exploded and we all have no idea what we're doing. That's so cool you did that. And I actually read, I don't know if it's TripAdvisor or one of the other companies, but they're going to have an integration where you nice. can go to TripAdvisor and have it be maybe even easier than what you mentioned. Yeah. Um, no, it's fun. I mean, it's amazing how it comes up with that stuff. I'd say the only thing that it's missing is it's knowledge stops in like 2021. So yeah. <laughs> there's going to be an update at some point. So that's great. So I think that brings us to the end. Carrie, this was fantastic. Loved hearing from you. Really appreciate it. And hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And thanks for all you do for the digital adoption community. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was a great conversation and it was, it was fun. So appreciate it. Cheers. 